What is up, my friends? If my voice sounds weird, it's because I have allergies, which apparently is a thing as you become an adult. Because I never had allergies, and now I have them, and it's annoying. Anyway, how's your day? How you doing? Okay, so today's episode, I have a little more of a lighthearted conversation. I interviewed April A. Joy. Um, April runs a pretty hilarious TikTok account. You've probably seen her stuff. And so I sat down with her to talk to her. Hey, what makes you tick? How do you make your content? Why humor instead of what we do? <laughs> Serious and, and critiquing institutions. So we had this discussion. Honestly, she was great. April was great. We had a great time. Um, we talked a little bit about kind of her backstory. And sometimes, friends, you need to kind of put your feet up and just put a podcast interview like this on and just relax and laugh because we deal with very heavy topics usually. So today, enjoy it. Today is a light week. If you want a heavy episode, go back to our last episode, our bonus episode with uh, with me and Noah. Or is it Noah and I? I don't know. I was homeschooled. You can't fault me for that. But yeah, to, uh, listen to my episode with Noah and I. We'll, we'll, we will say that for now. And that's a more serious episode. We talk about John MacArthur. We talk about all that stuff. But this episode, have some fun. Relax. All right. Get ready for a great time. That being said, also want to say thank you to everyone who supports the podcast, who rates us, who gives us ratings and shares our content. Honestly, friends, I say it a lot, but it's sincere. Without you and without you out there listening and sharing, this stuff would not be possible. I also want to give a sincere thank you to those of you who give financially. We are completely a paywall-free entity, meaning everything we do, our bonus podcast episodes, um, our Zoom groups that we do every week. All of our content that we make on, on social media, everything, our website, totally free. And the reason we're able to do that is because people give financially. That's the only reason. All of this stuff takes uh, costs money. It costs money to host stuff. It costs money to make content. It takes a lot of time. So thank you to everyone who has given. If you want to give, you can click on the link in our show notes. And we are a registered 501c3 nonprofit, so everything that you give is tax deductible. Thank you so much. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Rocket Nonprofit. I talked about them last week, friends. I worked with Tim to help the new evangelicals become a legitimate nonprofit. They were amazing. They were reasonable. They were so helpful. If you're looking to start a nonprofit or have questions, they do a la carte services. So if you just want help with maybe part A or part B, they do that. Go to Rocket Nonprofit and check them out. They do amazing work. Link in the show notes. And like I said, give them a, give them a, um, a like on social media. And, and if you're interested in having your organization become a nonprofit, I cannot recommend Rocket Nonprofit enough. All right. Without further ado, and my voice, I'm losing it, I'm sure, as you can hear, here is my interview without a bad voice with April. Well, this should be a fun episode because you're a fun person on social media, and we all know that who you are on social media is who you are in person. I mean, that that's how it works in, in social media world. So April, yes, exactly. it's great to have you here with us. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, it's like, I figured I feel like why the not? cool kid and the new evangelicals <laughs> is the place to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really the place to be as we expose <laughs> Christian nationalism, misogyny, and racism. It's really a, a, it's, it's a hoot. It's so fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> it's a joy. Um, well, you know, so I think I, I, oh, the first video I ever saw that you did. So for, the, for those of you out there who don't know, April does a lot of hilarious content on social media. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And the first one I saw of you was the the remix of I think it was a Hillsong tune about about about, about like their worship to Trump. And I was just I was crying. It was so <laughs> good. So thank you for making that video because it, it oh. made me so happy. Oh, thank you. That started. I was in the kitchen and I was I was already thinking about what worship song could I make Christian nationalist. And so it's Cornerstone. Yes. And then yes. like, as I was singing it, I was like, Trump alone, Roger Stone <laughs> flowed so perfectly. I was like, I've got to write the rest of it. it was, like, I literally like, it just came out and I was like, oh my gosh, 
that the the perfection of that. <laughs> the, 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 what makes that so great is that if you're in this culture, it is hilarious. But <laughs> most people who are outside of it are like, I don't get it. What's so funny? It's like, oh my god! If only you understood the brilliance right. of this moment. So yes, it's, it's very niche. <laughs> yes, but it, it, it's pretty. It's it's pretty popular. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, I feel like like this whole movement that we're kind of swimming in is 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 getting bigger. Before we go there, though. I want to know who you are. Like, how did you grow up? Obviously, you had to grow up in some form of Christian mm. thought. There's there's no way you didn't. So why don't yeah. you kind of give us the backstory? I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So my backstory, when I say it out loud, it sounds kind of crazy. Okay. But when I grew up in it, I was like, oh, this is normal. Totally. So um, my parents were evangelists. So my childhood, I was homeschooled up till like seventh grade. And we would travel around in our motor home in America, like in, in America and go to like a different church every Sunday. My dad would preach and then I would sing. And we also did international stuff, like a lot of stuff overseas. And then my grandfather was also the head pastor of a pretty large church in Dallas that had like 4,000 members for like the eighties and nineties. That was decent. Yeah. Um, and so my dad like co-pastored with them. So I have like pastor's kid experience, but also evangelist kid experience and my dad was an author, so he would get on a lot of like TV shows like Daystar, TBN, 700 Club, Jim wow. Baker. So I think some of those shows. Jim Baker. Um, yeah, I think the thing that shocks the most people or just intrigues the most people is that I wrote an original song called America Say Jesus and sang it on the Jim Baker show. And then it was like in, we were on the show because we did a, a three month national caravan in our 40 foot bus that had America Say Jesus on all sides of it. And we drove it from South Florida to California, back to South Florida and then up to D.C. and back. And it was it was a, an experience. Wow. That, yeah. that How do you really even respond? <laughs> well, uh, great question. And it's my job as the host to have responses to everything. Um, but that's impressive. I got to say, your 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 Christian badges even outshine mine. Uh, being homeschooled for nine years, going to a small private school, being one of – I was the only boy in my class. There were six of us. Um, you know, and then of course the Iwana stuff and, and everything else that goes along with that. Um, but I gotta say, like that that's pretty impressive. You know, touring the U.S. Uh, in a America in Say America Jesus Say band, Jesus bus, and then writing <laughs> writing a song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if you should, if you should have said that publicly because you know people are gonna want to dig it up now and try and find it. So oh, it, the the thing is though, I I out myself. Okay. I, like it's already on TikTok. I have okay. exposed myself, so no one can expose me. <laughs> Perfect. Like I, I'll I'll expose myself. I've I've got no shame. So <laughs> so were you always like um a committed Jesus person as you were a kid and into your teen years? Did you ever have like that moment of like I'm gonna rebel and I like, kind of came back? Like like where, where where do we go from there? So you grew up in in this really unique environment, right? Which to you feels normal. Obviously, to most people, is not normal. When do you start kind of waking up to the fact that maybe this isn't as normal as I thought it was? That's a good question. Um, So I knew, like, I was aware that the fact that I had traveled all these countries wasn't normal because I wasn't in school. Mm. But it was like, oh, you know, we've been called to this. Like, God's got a great plan for my life. Mm -hmm. And um, so like I, I was in it, I was like gung ho and, yeah. uh, very much conflated with being Republican. Of course. Um, they kind of went together. Mm-hmm. Like the, the lyrics of that song is so cringe. Um, <laughs> and I think the first time that I kind of was like, this just isn't adding up anymore mm-hmm. was, I mean, there were a lot of little things along the way. Like sure. for example, demonizing all Democrats and then meeting people who were Democrats and thinking they're actually really nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like the biggest, the biggest thing I think that changed the path that I was on was Mm. my dad Mm. um, got cancer back in 2011 and passed away like pretty Mm. quickly. Mm. And like I, we all, we were Pentecostal growing Mm. up. So we believed in healing and, um, had seen miracles, all these things. So like, we just knew my dad was going to be healed. Mm. Like there was just no doubt I had, I believe like, as long as you have enough faith, 
God's going to answer your prayer. And that didn't happen. And not only, so I was already questioning the prayer aspect and name it and claim it and just how much control we actually have. But also that was the first time I just really started seeing, and I knew I'd seen Christians be terrible people my entire life because I was very behind the scenes in ministry, right. but it was always easy to just be like, oh, well, that it's just that person and, and make it more one off instead yeah. of a systemic issue. Um, but uh, at that time, when, after my dad had died, we had Christians that because a lot of people knew who my dad was hmm. that would message us saying like, well, he died because you guys have probably some unresolved sin or you didn't have enough faith or your dad was out of God's will because he shouldn't be a pastor. He should have stayed an evangelist, like insane stuff. And we were wow. like, like just a week after he had passed. Oh my God. So that was kind of when like, I don't think these are good people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So. Okay. Um, so that's... We're going to keep this fun. And then I like went cancer death. Well, like immediately. <laughs> well, first off, thank you for sharing that with the community. You know, something that mm. we are driven by is our stories. I mean, that, that's like that's mm. part of our vision that statement. I guess you can, if you can call it that. Like this is a big part of what we do. And on the podcast, we always ask people their story because it always humanizes people. We do this whether we have someone on the the podcast who I really disagree with and don't like, um, or if it's someone who's who's an author or whoever, a TikTok person. So the story is important because. It, it continues to reinforce that people don't just do this one day because they're bored or they think it's sexy, right? Or fun, or they want it for street right. cred. Like, like there's always something that we can point back to, or there's a series of events that we could point back to and say, this was when I started kind of thinking about things differently. Because I also grew up as as a very committed Jesus person my whole life. Like I was always I was bought into I still am. It's very different now. But yeah. but you know, I was very bought into that evangelical culture. I, I even did this thing uh with this group called Child Evangelism Fellowship. They're like a, a a big kids ministry. They're they're global. They're actually the biggest kids ministry in the world. And I would raise my own money as a as they were called Christian Youth in Action. So I was like a teenager. I would raise my own money to teach these like they're called backyard clubs, five day clubs. Um mm. and they're pretty much like 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 miniature VBSs in someone's backyard. And I would teach everything and do the slides and walk kids through the Romans road. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I understand being in that and being committed to it, you know, being like, yes, like this yeah. is a good thing. But also I grew up in, in a house that had Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity on, you know, yep. all the time. So I also yep. knew that, that, you know, the Democrats were evil people. And I also started having these moments where I'm like, well, Sean can't, you know, Hannity can't be always right. They, Obama can't always do bad things. There has to be something mm-hmm. good he's doing. So I, I do understand that progression of like, you're all in, you're committed, but also like these little, these little cracks are starting to be exposed. And then one day something happens where it's like the the crack is now just a huge gash, right? And now you have to start yeah. rethinking things. So so in this part of your story, how did that impact you know, so you, you said that, you know, your father passed away and then the people were just horrible humans, so dehumanizing to you. How did that impact like how you viewed the Christian tradition at this point? Were you like, I'm out? Were you like, I have to find a better way of, of, of understanding this? Where did you mm-hmm. go from there? So I was still Christian and still very much, I mean, I'm still a Christian now, Yeah. Um. Yeah. but you know, I still pretty much believed all the same things, was still very much Republican, but was mainly questioning like healing theology mm-hmm. and some of the more really just Pentecostal Yes. Uh, Side of Christianity. So I kind of, you know, like I grew up speaking in tongues and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And so I just kind of was very introspective about that for a while. Like I went to uh, shortly after my dad died, I went to. I, I went to, I was at Regent university for grad school, oh, mm-hmm. uh, which yep. is Pat Robertson school. Yeah. And they had a, some kind of, fi- I think it was called like fire desire or some, something fire, something fire was in it, some kind of conference. <laughs> Typical. And yeah. And so I was like, I felt like I was in the, what's the word? The dark night of the soul. Oh yeah. As they say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. I was like, I'm not hearing from God. I'm just, my yeah. soul is dark. Yes. So I was like, I, I, I went cause I wanted that, you know, quote unquote, fresh touch. Totally. And so I go and Bill Johnson, who yeah, is the yeah. pastor of Bethel church. I didn't know who Bill Johnson was. I, I knew Bethel. I didn't know who Bill Johnson was, mm. was speaking that night. And it turned into, it, it was actually a healing service that I didn't know 
before I went into it. And he was like kind of talking about theologically, like the gist of it was that like, if you are not healed, it's because of something wrong in your life. Like it's never God's fault. And I left like just so pissed that like I, for the longest time, like I couldn't go to really a Pentecostal church Mm. because I would just be triggered by it. Um, So uh, yeah, I, I kind of just meandered. I was in grief. The but but 2015 happened, and I was in. Uh, I was working for CBN um, as a producer for um, like 700 Club and stuff like that. So okay. it's like another another part of my story. Wow. Um, yeah. And 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 I remember I was sitting in my cubicle the day that the Supreme Court ruled um, in favor of gay marriage uh, to make it legal. Yes. yes. And I was like kind of warming up to that issue just because I like knew people that were gay that weren't com- like demons, you know, right, like I'd been taught. Right. Um, right. So, but I wasn't like anti it. Anyway, it was just like kind of an, a whatever issue for me. Right. And the, like literally bing, we get the breaking news from Fox news of or course. whatever. And the, the, the whole room was just like uh, the lady next to me was like, Oh Lord, <laughs> Oh Lord, come quick. And the gays are taking over. It was like, like everyone was just wailing. No. Like like there was some kind of terrorist attack that oh had just happened. Like the like it was so grim. Like every, it was just so stupid. And I remember looking around being like I am not feeling this at all. I thought it was cool that they put rainbow on the White House like Right. You know, like everyone was just like so mad. So mad about it. And like I was looking at like all the people that were really happy that it happened and I don't know. That that was kind of like a slight, like, I don't think I belong here. Mm. Also, that was during uh during the like primaries, which was shortly after that. Yeah. Everyone was loving Trump and Ted Cruz, and those were my <laughs> least two favorite. Totally. Like totally. they are by far the worst. And like yes. that's when I started feeling like I just I feel like I don't belong. Like I, at that point, I probably would have been more like moderate Republican, but openly, yeah. you know, like kind of secretly questioning things, but be afraid to say it because totally you don't want to be demonized. Um, yeah. So, so then the next big thing that really happened was, uh, one of my brothers actually came out to me as gay Mm. and that was that, that was like another huge shift in my like quote unquote deconstruction or whatever. Yeah. Cause like I had been taught that it was a choice that whatever, Mm. but I knew my brother, knew that he would not choose that, right. especially in the household <laughs> right. that we grew up in. Right. Um, so it just kind of, it, it really started, it was starting to unravel more. And then Trump happened, which I think mm-hmm. we relate very much on this one. We do. And then it was just like everything just unraveled <laughs> like yes. all at once. It was like, what yes. the crap is happening to the Christians? Totally. Totally. No, that's really well said. Um, yeah, you know, I, I when Trump was when, when the primaries were happening, I, that was my first real election cycle where I'm like I'm really engaged, right? Like I'm really mm-hmm. I'm at the time I don't know I guess I was 27, whatever it was, or 26. I'm like, okay, I'm more engaged now. I really at the time for Republicans, I'm like you know John Kasich, I, I, I like this guy. He's like the kind of the old man and kind of nice. That was, and, yeah, he was my favorite. Yeah, he seems like real <laughs> moderate, and he's they're like yeah. get the. Fuck out of here, John. They you know, hated like, him. They hated that dude. <laughs> and then, you know, Trump hops on. And then, you know, yeah, like I'm watching my evangelical tradition just rally around this guy. And I'm like, am I part of like, are we are we on the same page here? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we're not. Like maybe the tradition that I thought I was really invested in and a part of and that we were all aligned on following Jesus better because that was always mm-hmm. my my belief. Um, maybe we're not aligned on this. And then, of course, you yeah. know, when the, the Hollywood Access tips, tapes came out, et cetera, you're just like, wait, if this won't do it for you guys, then, like, we're really in trouble. And honestly, oh, yeah. in, in our community, Trump is probably the most cited reason that was at least the first domino and people just exploding their evangelical tradition and saying, I have to reexamine all of this because mm-hmm. what the hell is going on? You know, it was it was so disorienting for me, at least. I'm not sure how it was for you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, I I literally probably spent the first two years of his presidency, like occasionally wondering, am I the crazy one? 
Totally. Am I going crazy? Right. Because I felt like I was being like gaslit by everyone around me of like, yeah. he's God's chosen. Like, <laughs> look what he's doing. He's going to make America Christian again and right. all these things. Right. And I was like, are we, are we seeing the same person? Right. Right. It was, <laughs> it was so confusing. Like I literally in, in 2020 even, yeah. Um, I, I remember praying because I was just so confused. Like I, I had a na- like I, had, I had come out at that point because it was it was like coming out of the closet that I was voting for Biden. Right, and, right, right. Um, because I just felt like there are other Christians out there that need to know it is okay totally. to vote for a Democrat. Right. You know, apparently that's the unforgivable sin. Which ironically, um, Biden is a very <laughs> devoted Catholic. Like he's more Christian than Trump is. <laughs> Just right, you know. Anyway, right. Go ahead. You know, you you click that button though, and you've killed babies. No, I, yeah, exactly. That's what they say. That's what they say. Um. Uh, oh gosh, what were they saying? Um. You're talking, oh, was I going yeah. crazy? Yeah. So yeah. in 2020, I literally was praying because I was getting private DMs from people that were so concerned for my soul. Of course. Um. So many. And like, literally, had people say like that my late father would be disappointed in me. Oh my, that is horrible. Right. Right. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and I think too, just how people turned on me, especially people that have known me my entire life, like that grew up with, like that I grew up with that would suddenly take away all the good character that they knew of me and throw it away because of who I was voting for. Totally. It's, it totally. was like, it, it's just so it was like teams. And that's when I realized like, you don't actually care about me as a person. You only care about me if I think exactly the way you do. Right. Yeah, it, it's a real watershed moment when you're like, oh, like just because I think that, you know, Biden might be a better person for presidency, our relationship is severed and you're going to bring up like really low blows like my late father. Like, okay, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you're it's it's such a it's a wake up call that like all the words of evangelical culture, we're family, you're part, you know, mm-hmm. we're one. It's really a load of malarkey once you mm-hmm. defect politically or with right. certain theological views, right? And by defect, at least for me, it started off as like, hey, can we have this discussion? I wasn't even trying to convert anyone. Just like, can we be right. honest about it, you know, that we can see things differently? Um, and right. for a lot of people, when they tried that, and we get these messages all the time, you know, people would say, yeah, I posted on my Facebook account, Black Lives Matter, and my pastor said, don't come mm-hmm. back to church. I mean, literally wrote me mm. a letter and said, don't come back. I mean, these are the stories that we get. And mm-hmm. so when, when you start hearing them over and over again, you start getting a picture of like white evangelical spaces are are so politicized that people can't even say things like Black Lives Matter or whatever else it would be that would, mm-hmm. that, that w- without having some fear of losing their entire community, which a lot of us have. For the Millers, movie nights were once tradition. Now Sarah could hardly get through the opening credits, not on that old couch. But one day while shopping on QVC.com, she learned Lazy Boy recliners had slimmed down a bit. And in just a few clicks, Sarah got her Lazy Boy chair and a popcorn maker and a soundbar by Bose. And with one quick trip to QVC.com, movie night and Sarah's back were saved. Shop qvc.com slash podcast and use code qvc20podcast for $20 off $40 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. Now that you've taken on that big job, you shouldn't have to settle for the big box. You've earned a trip to Northern Tool, and we're ready for the details. We know all about the little things that make the biggest difference. Maybe that's why they call us a problem solver's paradise. From pressure washers to power tools, pallet jacks to push carts, Northern Tool and Equipment carries the brands you depend on, like North Star, DeWalt, Milwaukee, and Strongway. We're made for this. Come see us in-store or shop online at northerntool.com. Oh, yes. And that's actually what started it for me. I spent the summer of 2020 um, locally. We were protesting to get our Confederate statue moved to a museum. Like we were like, I live in a place that went 77% for Trump. So it's super conservative. Um, So that was like, oh, if we just ask to be moved, like not destroy it. Like just like that was our compromise, but they still lost their mind. So we had Black Lives Matter signs. Like it was like Black Lives Matter protests, but there were silent demonstrations. And so I took my kids some like occasionally and there, and I posted a picture of my, my then one-year-old holding a sign that said Black Lives Matter to Jesus. And I got DMs. I got a DM from this older lady that was like, 
I was so disappointed that you would take your children to a Black Lives Matter protest. You know that they're Marxist and dangerous. And like, and then one lady said that I let my daughter hold an antichrist sign. (laughs) It said Black Lives Matter to Jesus. And I was like, and I think that that also Uh, accelerated the deconstruction too. Cause I'm like, totally. Y'all are so racist. Oh my gosh. Totally. Like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to say that, you know, I didn't pay enough attention in my early and mid twenties to mm-hmm. the racial problems in our, in our culture. Like I, I just didn't, I just thought that it was pretty minimal. Uh, and mm-hmm. the murder of Maude Arbery for me, Brianna Taylor, et cetera, George Floyd, those were like the, the wake up calls of like, okay, something is really wrong. And yeah. again, seeing the church respond in such a, a dehumanizing way, was really shocking. I mean, I, there, there were pastors in, in my. Okay, so I should say in my area, I live in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was. A, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty proficient drummer, so I, I was pretty well networked in like our evangelical circles, uh, whether it's AG, CMA, whatever. Like I knew a mm-hmm. lot of those churches. So on Facebook, I had a lot of friends who were pastors in all different kinds of churches in my area. And when I started seeing pastors that I knew personally sharing Candace Owens' talking points Ugh. about George Floyd, right? I'm like okay, something is so wrong with this picture, right? Like it's not, again, it's one of those like Trump moments where you're like, it's not computing. Like pastor says, we love Jesus before anything else. Pastor says they're here for people. Pastor preaches Jesus on Sunday. Pastor also reposts Candace Owens talking points dehumanizing George Floyd. They do not compute in my mind, right? So I I agree with you. Uh, It was a real... And again, I, I hate, I'm embarrassed to say it was so late in my own life. I mean, I, I was like, I guess 28 at the time or 29, but it's like, it was a real wake up call to me of like, okay, we have to, like, I, I, the, the world I grew up in was so insulated from racism that yeah. I've I've ignored it and I haven't been an advocate. And also I'm super colonized, so I have so much work to do in that realm and like just understanding yeah. how much bigger this goes. But once you start talking like that, like you said, you get people in your DMs or friends who are so concerned about you. They're just so worried about you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, for what? Like, what, what are you worried about? Like, I'm reading history books and like repenting. Like, is that what you want me to do as a right. Christian? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, I'm educating myself. Like, no, don't do your research, but not like that. Right, right. <laughs> just, know, just watch exactly. my obscure YouTube video of a doctor you've never heard of. Exactly. So are, are you still part of a church community right now? Like where's, what's your church situation like? Oh, well, again, 77% for Trump here. So yeah, not a lot of options. Um, so we don't regularly go to church. Uh, there's a, another pastor I know on TikTok, uh, Pastor Paul. He's a former AG pastor. And he does a Zoom community on Sundays. Oh. And so we do that every once in a while, which has been really healing in a lot of ways. That's cool. Um, but yeah, we haven't, we don't regularly go. We There's like a deconstruction group that we meet with every once in a while locally. Mm. That's been cool. It's kind of like church, yeah, but totally. not. Yes. Yes. So I, I would love to find like a, a really progressive affirming church, but it's just... It's just hard to come by. <laughs> but do you feel like, because I mean, I'm, I'm out of church too. My my faith community asked me to either stop doing new evangelicals or stop leading worship. And I chose to stay with new evangelicals. So I haven't been in, in a mm-hmm. space, uh, we're recording this in December. So it's been like, I guess, close to eight months now. And part of me, yes, as a musician, I really miss playing like every week in that kind of space. I miss that. But as far as like going to church, listening to someone preach a sermon that I probably heard already, you know, I don't really miss that part. Like, do you, do you like want to go back or are you just kind of like, so like you, I was a worship leader. So I like, I miss, I miss music and singing and, um, but like to me, I, like, I don't, I remember like right before the pandemic hit, it was like two weeks before everything shut down. I actually like resigned my position at my current church on the worship leader just because I, I wasn't paid like a position. Same. Well, I right. guess like part, like I was just like, I need to step down because I was already just really struggling with like, I see what these people post on Facebook during right. the week. And right. like, I'm worship, we're supposed to be worship. We're supposedly for worshiping the same Jesus, right. but you think he's white and wants Trump to be president. <laughs> and right. like, I some, like, it, so I was just having, there were like the last couple of times I led worship, my heart was just not in it. And I felt like a hypocrite even being yeah. up there. Yeah. So like, I just have to step back. But if I literally would have waited two weeks, the pandemic would have 
fixed it and I would have had to avoid the conflict, but, um, whatever. whatever. Um, yeah, honestly, I, my husband misses it more than I do just for like the community aspect. Yeah, for sure. But I don't, I kind of like sleeping in on Sundays, honestly, I know. and, and like I, an extra weekend day. What? Well, I mean, and you have kids, right? Yes. I have kids, which is exhausting to go to church with. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have two. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, both girls. Okay. So we have an 18-month-old and we're due in March with number two. And mm. having Sundays off is a great family day. Like, I'm like, wow, yeah. this is great. Like, I, I take off on social media. We, we do, we, there's no new evangelicals work happening on Sundays. My phone is like away. And it's like me and the family. I'm like, this is, is this a Sabbath day? Is this what the Sabbath is supposed That's to awesome. be? That's like? awesome. Well, because, yeah. you know, for so long, you, pl- I mean, you know, playing every morning. Yeah. It's an early morning. Uh, we, at one point, we were doing three services. So I get there at 6 30, get home at two. In one way, yeah. I really liked it. I like playing. But another way, like having, that time with my son and my family, I mean, that's a better trade-off for me at this point in my life. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. The church that I was at before we moved here up in Virginia, we had like Thursday night practices and we uh-huh. had a Saturday night service at six that I'd have to be there at three, four. Wow. And then we had three services on Sunday. So I would be there at like seven and wouldn't leave until two. Right. So it was like pretty much my entire weekend was right. leading worship. Right, right. For exactly. free, for it- free. <laughs> Okay, that's exactly right. I'm actually in I, – I just got picked up because in New Jersey, we have like the Jersey Shore, and it's a really well-known cover band scene. So a lot of bands play professionally. They just play top 40s in bars and casinos all hmm. up and down the Jersey Shore. So I got, I got picked up in one of those bands playing professionally now, and it's like, wait, you're going to pay me for rehearsal? You're going to pay me to play these mm. top 40 songs? And it's funny because the band that I'm with, like they have – they don't – understand this world at all they, they were not a part of it so funny story that you'll appreciate because it, it, it's, it's a good reminder of like just how things to me are normal but to a lot of people they're, they're not my bass player who's a great dude he messages me the other day and he is like nothing to do with like any kind of faith um mm-hmm. world actually i'm gonna pull it up because it's so it's so freaking funny hold on uh, right here. <laughs> i'm gonna scroll through and find it here so he goes um, he goes, have you ever heard of serving in mission? I'm like, this is a really weird text for me to get from him. I'm like, <laughs> so I looked them up. It's like, it's some missions organization. I'm like, no, okay. I haven't heard of them, but you know, how do you know them? He goes, I'm speaking to this guy about renting, like renting an apartment. And he's, he said he's away for five years with those people. And it seemed a bit shady. So I thought I'd ask. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> totally normal in these circles. Yeah, like, we people- just go away for a few years. Come back. <laughs> It was just one of those moments where it's like, right, that would be really shady unless you grew up in it and you realize that this is pretty normal for long-term missionaries. Oh, my gosh. Can I just say one thing I definitely don't miss are the politics and being like on being on a worship team when everyone pretends that that there are no politics, but then you have to like walk this fine line of being humble and like, like acting like you're actually a terrible singer and like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like, I really want to get that solo, but I don't want to pretend like, I want to pretend like I don't want it because I need to stay humble. (laughs) I'm like, it was so exhausting. Just the people that like, like, Oh my gosh, you did so good today. No, it was just the Lord. It was all the Lord. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, Like, no, it wasn't that good. No, exactly. Well, I, I, I kind of lucked out because I'm I'm a drummer and there's usually only one of those on the stage. Right. So that worked out. Okay. But I was able to watch like the vocal situation happening and like, you're absolutely right. Especially there were some people who were like, you know, maybe, maybe the pastor saw them as like just the people on harmony forever. Right. If you catch Mm -hmm. my drift. Right. But they wanted to be the person leading like this song and just watching that conversation happen and like how the pastor had to frame it in like a spiritual way. Like, well, like let's, you know, let's see what the Lord has for you in the future. You know, like let's Mm -hmm. pray about it together. It's like, dude, just tell her your voice isn't good enough for this lead part. Break the heart. Let's just move on, you know, but or there would be people that didn't have a great voice, but the worship pastor just really liked them. And they'd be like, oh, they just have such a humble spirit. Like, it's not about the talent. It's about your posture towards the Lord. Like, being a worship leader, you can just, like, be, like, just worshiping. You don't have to have a good voice. Like, your ears are bleeding. No, no, totally. (laughs) And you're absolutely right. Nothing is worse than... You know, as a musician, you work really hard. You crush the part, whatever it is. Some drum fill, Mm -hmm. some vocal run. Someone goes, oh, 
you know, April, you did a great job. And you have to go, it was all the Lord. It's like, no, I can say Mm -hmm. thank you. I put a lot of hours into that part. It took a lot of work. So thank you for recognizing the talent. But of course, (laughs) church culture is not a thing. Um, So, okay, I want to get into social media because I I have a lot of questions about this. First off, what got you started, you know, doing these like hilarious parody videos of everything church culture? Start with that, uh, that point first. Okay, so... I I had occasionally posted on Facebook like how I feel about things in a very like middle of the road way. Yeah. And you know, saying saying things like Jesus isn't Republican, Jesus isn't Democrat, <laughs> Jesus isn't American. Things that, you know, we should all agree with that people right. would get really mad about. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so so during the pandemic, I was like, "Huh, what's this teen dancing app called TikTok?" <laughs> So I was like, well, that'd be fun. I'll just do some silly videos with my family because we're all home. Right. We're doing nothing. Right. So I download TikTok and kind of started doing like mom content and stuff, just like funny things. And then in May of 2020, I made my very first like Trump Christian related video. And like the gist of the video was just like, when you're a Christian who doesn't like Trump, you get kicked out of the club. Um. And it went like super viral, like almost a million views. Wow. And most of the response, which obviously I got some hate, but most of the response were people that are like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. So then I realized this is like really hitting a, a spot that's not really been like checked into because a lot of these people still have, are still in very conservative white evangelical circles. Yes. So don't yes. feel safe to actually say what they are thinking. So then I just kind of started making more content like that. And then what was my very first, I think my very first like point of view, like POV video was um, I was a pastor on the Sunday before election day. And this actually happened. (laughs) So this actually happened to the church that we were attending in 2016. And I made it a TikTok and like embellished, like just a little bit to make it funnier. Of course. But it was basically like, here at White Jesus Baptist, we're not going to tell you who to vote for in the upcoming election. As long as it's pro-life, pro-Israel, pro-gun, anti-gay, anti-woman, anti-immigrant, and rhymes with rump. Because <laughs> minus the rhymes with rump part, like that was basically what happened in church. Um, oh, my God. And so I was like, that was really fun. And I have wigs just it's weird that I have wigs, but I used to make really stupid YouTube videos with my brothers growing up. And okay. I've just collected wigs over the years that sure. I still have, sure. um, v- you know, very normal, super um, normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just started doing that. And then I have some insane stories from when I went to an assemblies of God college in Texas. Mm. And so I did like a POV one time of, of an RA of a girl that was talking to another girl for about purity week. Cause we had purity week where we had chapel morning and night. And then at the end, they gave an altar call for you to come and sign a purity pledge card. This where you would college? Learn, this was in college where you would check virgin or secondary virgin. No, I am not secondary kidding. Secondary virgin. Secondary virgin. Those were the people that have messed up and fallen from grace, but were redeemed by the Lord. Like literally, I saw someone that was like, God can restore your hymen. I've seen it happen. You are kidding me. I am not kidding. I wish I was. So secondary. that should be that. Uh, I'm just gonna say, April, that that's a merch line if I ever heard one before. Secondary <laughs> okay. virgin. Secondary virgin. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Thank you. Oh, I got to put that in the store. You definitely um, do. That's hilarious. People be like, what? Secondary virgin. <laughs> that's so hilarious. Oh, you, you, I know. You, you can't knock them for creativity, man. You can't knock them for no. creativity. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. And then I just kind of realized, because I had told these stories, like, periodically throughout life, like, two other people. And I was like, these are so insane. So I would just start, like acting out these parts and people were loving them and were relating to them and had even crazier stories than I had. And I was like, this is fun. And there's also something too, about like, like comedy and acting and like being more sketch, like there's more nuance to it. Yeah. So I feel like it's a little bit less of a blow totally. to certain people. Like maybe they can like, could accept it. Like if you're watching humor, it might just be easier to digest than me telling the story of yes. what happened. Um, 
so yeah, I also like acting because I was like a little bit of a drama kid nerd. So you enjoy I'm just it. a 30 year old woman <laughs> wearing wigs on TikTok. <laughs> I feel it, man. I'm a 33 year old man who talks about Christian nationalism all day. So it yeah. just is what it is. Technically, I am 33. I just felt like I had to clarify that. Oh, oh, we're 30, the same so, age. Perfect. 30, so, hey, yeah. You know what? My husband, when I turned 33, he was like, uh, from now on, anytime you read about Jesus in the Bible, you're probably older than him. <laughs> Yeah. Like, wow, yeah, thank you so for you that. Know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so the so the TikTok thing, you know, it obviously you blew up. I mean, you have like I'm looking at your account right now. You have 210,000 followers, 10.2 million likes. I didn't understand TikTok. I still don't. I'm on it now because I've been told that to stay relevant, I have to be. But I have found that like TikTok is really different than Instagram with how it works. Like I, I have in the past like three days, I've gained like four thousand followers from a couple of videos, mm-hmm. and one just hit a hundred thousand views, which is not like how TikTok works or how Instagram works at all. And it's like it's very hard to figure out like what's gonna hit and what's like not gonna hit. So, I mean, do you ever struggle with that? Where like you put all this effort effort and work into a video, you post it, it goes like nowhere comparatively speaking. You're just like, mm-hmm. damn it, like what a waste of my time. Oh, I know. And then videos I spend like literally 30 seconds on get like 2 million views. Yeah. I'm like why? Yes. <laughs> no, it's it. so you are not alone. I have been on TikTok now. Oh my gosh, a year and a half. So not even that long. Um, I have never figured it out. I have so many community guidelines violations for <laughs> like that videos I get taken down for bullying. And I'm like, who am I bullying that are so stupid? I've been permanently banned once. Wow. Because uh, so the the annoying thing about TikTok is if you get big enough and you make enough people mad, which happens when you talk about Christian nationalism, um, people will mass report you. Like they'll just report your account for like some bogus reason. They'll report your video for some bogus reason. And if in the way TikTok works in their algorithm, if you get enough reports, it'll just automatically take your videos down or automatically ban you. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. So what what's your creative process like for some of this content? Like, like, how do you go from, okay, like, for example, I did a video responding to the circumcised money bit from mm-hmm. whatever that profits got. That was hilarious. Yeah. But, and yeah. then you took it and you did like an actual reenactment, which was hilarious. Like, how do you, like, when do you know, okay, this is worth me doing a video on versus like, this isn't, what does that look like for you, mm-hmm. your creative process? Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> my creative process makes me sound so much more legit than it is. I'm just um, saying, you know, I'm sure you're yeah. sure storyboarding ideas for months, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so a lot of times people will send me videos mm-hmm. or like I follow like right wing watch, which is where I, I see a lot right-wing of this watch. stuff too. God like bless they, them. they do the work for me. So they I don't really have to find do. it. <laughs> yeah. So true. yeah. Um, so like for that video, I was watching that guy talking about tire shop angels. He's like, if you're an angel in a tire store. And so like my mind being what it is, just immediately tried like pictured just like a group of angels with cigarettes, like hanging out in a tire store, like and acting it out. Cause he put like actual like quotes in there for what these angels are saying. Oh yeah. yeah. That would be kind of funny if I did that. So, so now that's like a new, uh, that's that's going to be like my new favorite thing. So if you ever see a clip out there where they're telling a story and there's quotes in it, like reenacting, it's fun. But most of my videos, some I get inspired because people will make a comment that like will re- trigger yes. a memory yes. of something. And I'm like, oh, I should tell that story. Um, but a lot of times I'll be laying in bed and like can't sleep. And then 1 a.m. I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And I put it in my notes on my phone. And then, well, so yes, like, because you know, if you don't put it in the notes and it's gone, that idea is never coming back. Like oh, I've yeah. lost so many good ideas that way. So many. It's frustrating. Yeah. So that that that's pretty much that's my my process. Like I don't you should, you should do a video telling your own story of your process and, and acting it out. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Just so why? Yeah. So that it's is, one o'clock. I can't sleep. My husband's mad, and I'm just gonna type things out all night. You know, like <laughs> I know. someone actually asked me. I haven't done this yet. This is actually this is currently in my notes, and I haven't done it. But someone left a comment that was like, "Can you please do a DIY? Um, how you get that mustache?" So one of my I go drag sometimes where I'm like a Theo bro or yes, a, yes. a pastor. Yeah. And so I like I want to do like this really serious like beauty tutorial, but it's just about how I go and into my like become a theo bro 
but I haven't done great. that yet. So <laughs> well, I'm glad that, that I'm glad that you're sitting on content. That that makes me happy. You know. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's just finding the time between being a mom know, and know, you know life know. It's and holidays. Lot. Yeah. Do Do you work like on top of being a mom, which is already a full time job? Do you like work outside the home as well, or are you mainly just at home? I mainly work at home. I am a freelance film producer, so I it's very project based, which has slowed down a lot in the last year. So, but like, so there'll be months where I'm not really working and then there'll be like a two, three month stretch where I'm working nonstop. Mm, okay. So freelance yes. film producer. Yeah. Well, my partner is a filmmaker like of directing. So it's like a little tag team thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Shoot, shooting some Marvel movies or what, you know, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty high end. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's very, it's very indie, very, very indie. low budget. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, it's funny cause we're working on funding. Uh, we have a documentary project that we're trying to fund where we want to tell the stories of people in our community, like in like mm. cinematically, cause there's so many, I mean, we've gotten over 10,000 DMS in 2021 Wow. and the stories that you get, you're like, the world needs to know that this is happening. And so yeah. that's, that's our current uh, film project that we're trying to fund right now. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. We'll see what happens. You know, it, it just depends on, on funding, but we're working on it. But I think that movie and like film, I mean, it's obviously the future because even, even for Instagram, Instagram was, for a while, we would just share tweets. Like I would just take a tweet, put it in a little frame, and share it, and it would, it would do great. You know, four thousand yeah. views, whatever it was. But then, like they tweaked their algorithm, I think, to compete with TikTok, and now it's like it's all reels. It's just reels, 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 reels. Well, you got to teach me about Instagram because I've been slowly moving my TikToks to Instagram, mm. and a couple have done okay, but I have not figured out what to do on Instagram. So I'm opposite of you. <laughs> Ever since they changed their, their algorithm, maybe a few months ago, like it's been really frustrating for a lot of content creators. Like for example, I follow, there's quite a few that I talk to who are really they're large accounts and they, everyone just saw a complete like halt on, on mm. any kind of growth anywhere. Uh, whether it was follower count or it was, you know, how well a post would do. So we're still trying to figure out, I found that for me, reels do better now, uh, and, and quick, like moving reels, but it just depends on, on the audience. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also Instagram is different where it's more community based. There's the DMS, there's the highlights. So like we, right. we we're, we're more built out in that sense. Like our DMS are always going, we always have stories going all the time. But yeah. I, a lot of people have seen a, a drop off with Instagram. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure what, what the future is, but I think that, I think that Facebook, well, I guess meta now. Ugh, okay. Oh, um, yeah. I think meta and Twitter, <laughs> well, not really Twitter, but I think meta and YouTube are really feeling TikToks like presence because even now on YouTube, you can upload short 60 second clips. Yeah. I've seen that. I haven't done it, but it, yeah, it's overwhelming. Totally. It's like, how many platforms do I need to be present on? It's and yeah, it's it's I like, I cannot agree with you more. It is very overwhelming. And I feel like I feel like just making video content is a full-time job on top of all the stuff that we do on the back end for new evangelicals, the podcast yeah. or whatever it is. So I, I feel that big time. Cause it is like, I mean, you could spend your whole life here just giving, you know, it, it can become another form of like of like just giving an institution everything and getting nothing in return. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what for what? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what, what is your plan? I know that, I know that, that you do a podcast. Uh, what's it called? Your podcast. It's called evangelical ish. Nice. So I know you do a podcast. I know. And you do it with, who's the other guy who's pretty big on TikTok too. Um, that pastor from Oklahoma. He's uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy. So you're Mm -hmm. doing that, but like, what do you think is you've obviously, you obviously have struck, struck a a chord with people. And also we need the humor, right? Like, like, like there's a way, there's something that's super subversive about critiquing things through humor. It's like a, it's an mm-hmm. Asian thing. It's great. So what is the future for you? Like, what's it look like? Wonderful, wonderful question. Um, <laughs> well, as long as I don't get banned to get on TikTok. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I want to keep doing what I'm doing and keep telling my story um, because I think, like kind of what you said, like I get a lot of DMs too from people sharing their stories with me, like so traumatic. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things too, that was this wake up call of like, why, what, what both, what we do, you and me is so important Yeah, is because these were not one-off stories. Like, and I remember growing up in the church 
people being excommunicated, like unofficially, yeah. uh, you know, oh, that person had questions, like the devil's <laughs> leading them astray. And right. like all these people that left the church on quote unquote bad terms, now realizing I was only hearing the church's side of the story. And then now that I've been, you know, unofficially excommunicated and excommunicated by a lot of these people and knowing that their story is nowhere near true about what they're saying about me. It's like, wow, like this, this needs to be out there. This is, these are not one-off situations. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I've thought about writing a book, um, but then that's, that takes writing and sitting (laughs) down. That takes more work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Gosh, I don't know. My my partner and I, he was um, just stopped working at a, a professor teaching film. And so we're kind of taking this next year to potentially like actually make a couple of our own films that, that. deal with some church stuff and just a lot of with gender norms and yes. like yeah. kind of thinking outside the binary that the church teaches. Really, society also right. is very yes. binary. For sure. Um, so that is a that is the million dollar question. I am just going. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. No, I feel that. Well, that's awesome. You know, I mean, I love your work. It's hilarious. I know my community finds you hilarious. You show up in in our Facebook uh, community group every now and then. Someone will share one of your TikToks. I'm like, yep, it's hilarious. So, oh, that's you're, so funny. You're, you're doing great work and and keep it up. You know, um, it, it's 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 necessary work. We we need to laugh and people like you have that talent for just being very creative in that way. It's, it's very important to, to this community. So keep it up. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I also feel like too, like deconstructing can be so lonely yes. and it can be a really hard, dark, you know, like it can just bring a lot of really heavy emotions and heavy yeah. topics yeah. that I'm like, we should laugh about this. Some of the stuff that we went through is insane. Yeah. And now that I'm on this side of it, like we were always talking like, oh no, you don't touch God's anointed. Don't make fun of Christians. You'll cause division. Don't make fun of churches. You cause, you know, like, right. and I'm like, no, screw that. Yeah. There's yeah. so much to make fun of and I, it's fun. So yes, I get it. I get it. Well, keep it up. You know, it's great having you on the show. Where can people find you and find the podcast? Why don't you plug away all of your, your, your content places? Okay. So, <laughs> um, I am April a joy. So a J O Y is my middle name, April a joy on TikTok and Instagram on Twitter. I am at April a joy R so there's a little R at the end. And then I co-host the podcast called Evangelicalish. It's spelled evangelical, just also an ISH. And that's on all podcast platforms. Sweet. Well, it was great having you on. Thanks for making time. Thank you so much. And please keep up what you're doing. You're doing amazing, great work as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we definitely will. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. <laughs>